Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is episode 393, September 6th, September 6th, 2023, and I'm pumped about today's guest, um, no stranger to the college wrestling world, the new head coach at the University of North Carolina, Rob Cole. Rob, thanks for joining us, buddy. How you doing? Well, thanks, Bader. Thanks for having me here. I'm, I'm doing great. Fantastic. Uh, first thing, I didn't believe you, but you, you actually retired from Cornell. And got to keep your email address. This is—I I, I didn't know that. I thought I you just left. Yeah. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't believe me. I, I actually used their <laughs> benefits, and uh, you know, I, well, I—I I, I coached there for over thirty years, slightly over thirty years. Of course, I started coaching there when I was fifteen years old. You know, so it's—it—I'm it, uh, still a young, up-and-coming coach. So I'm excited about this, this opportunity. Yeah, fifteen. Wow, that's yeah. I didn't know people were allowed to to, to uh, <laughs> start that young. Uh, and and. You know, you, you had some really, you know, you had some great teams, right? You, you had a lot of success. Um, I spent quite a bit of time with you guys back uh, 10, 12 years ago when you had some really strong teams. And wasn't there, a, a, um, I don't know if it was a bet or a deal where you, if you had enough Facebook followers or something, you were going to get a Cornell tattoo or the C? Was that, was that a deal you were going to get the Cornell thing tattooed on you? I mean... I'm trying to remember what that deal was. I, it was, it was, I can't remember. Yeah, we had, it was back in the Facebook days, but it wasn't, I don't think that was a tattoo. Some, I made it some egregious number, some ridiculous number that was unattainable. And then if we won nationals, I was going to get, get it done. Um, and unfortunately I, I don't have uh, that tattoo on my, on my arm. Sure. All right. Well, you, you got more cracks at it. Uh, all right. UNC, I know you you just took that job, but I want to like rewind to I don't know if it was 1960, 1930, whenever you were getting recruited, right? And uh, no, probably in the 80s, right? But like, what you know, what stood out about UNC? Why did you want to go there? And, and were there any other schools that you considered? Well, honestly, I went there because it wasn't Penn State. I grew up I grew up in Penn State. My father coached there. My brothers went to school there. Rachel, my wife, went to school there. I didn't want to go. I wanted to be different. You know, I was a, a typical 18-year-old kid who, who wanted to try something different. Uh, and I thought UNC was as similar to Penn State as they came, other than a slightly better school and, and a whole lot better weather. And so for me, it was, uh, I met Coach Lamb and Andre Metzger at the Penn State Invitational. 
and was introduced to them by a legendary coach, Harold Earl, for some of you guys who know Harold Earl from Long Island. And, uh, I, and no one else recruited me. And I, t- I always tell the story of, of you know, Coach, who uh, 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 was, was the, the Lehigh assistant coach, was, was recruiting me, came in and visited me at, uh, at high school. And he kept talking about Coach Turner, Coach Turner, Coach Turner. Well, legendary Coach Turner from Lehigh. Well, all I know was Coach Turner from, from Lock Haven, who I had always wrestled his son. And so he talks to me for an hour, and I'm listening to him. And finally, after the end of the conversation, I said, you know, Coach, it's nothing personal. I just am not interested in Lock Haven. And so he realized that moment that uh, the whole hour, I had no idea who the hell he was. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention to anything. I never heard from Lehigh again. Uh, you know, and, and and then I remember Nebraska came and visited us, and I said, I just don't want to go to Penn State. Never heard from him again. Uh, no, so no, I think everybody can, thought I was going to go to Penn State for sure because of my, you know, where I where I grew up, and it was probably the only school that I wasn't going to go to. Why did you decide? Or when did you decide that? And why? Like, nah, I'm not I'm not staying here. I'm not I'm not doing this. I just wanted to do something different. I, I grew up in the Penn State wrestling room. I was, you know, I'd go there on weekends. And I remember back then, you, you, it was high school. It was, you know, our high school kind of revolved around the university. All of our friends were in the, were in the fraternities. And we would go up and sign up on the, this place called the Hub, the Hub Lawn. You'd sign up for fraternity. And, and I would actually rush fraternities. Our, all our friends would go up there because you'd go to the parties and, you know, and hang out with your, your high school, your former high school friends. And, and that all came to a crashing halt one time when they, the rush committee chairman called my mom and, and told, told them that, you know, Rob, let make sure Rob remembers there's a big, big mixer that night. And so they found out that I was rushing a fraternity as a, as a senior in, in high school. Uh, but it was, it was a different day and age, but I had done everything. I'd gone, you know, I'd been at the Penn State scene. I went to all the Penn State games. And so there was a, a newness uh, to, to Carolina that I didn't, you know, I didn't feel at, at Penn State. You know, everything everything looks greener on the other side, right? So the, the, the side of the line, and uh, that wasn't always the case. You know, I went down there, and there were times I, I wished I had gone to Penn State. But you know, in hindsight, it, it all worked out perfectly. Was there a time? You know, you you wanted something different. Grass was always greener. You knew Penn State so much better, but you went to UNC. Was there a time, or maybe it was before you went, or when you got there, when you were like, yes, this was the right choice, or man, I freaking love it here? No. I wish there was that epiphany, that aha moment, but there wasn't. I I, I struggled, and I didn't, I, I wasn't a, a particularly strong student because I that wasn't my focus. I was there to, to uh, you know, have fun and, and uh, wrestle hard. And it wasn't until I got out of college or my senior year when I got actually when I got married that I became fairly uh, academically oriented. And of course, then I spent my career at, at Cornell, um, raised two children that ended up ultimately matriculating to, and graduating to Cornell. You know, I'm, you know, of course, I I blame that success obviously on my wife because you know, she's she was much more serious about the academics and very serious about our kids' academics. Um, but you know, it's, it's that's why the irony is I spent my life at, at Cornell and, and Stanford, and now now UNC, all, all really great academic institutions, and do as I say, not as I do uh, mentality. Yeah. Uh, okay, I kind of want to now fast forward to this year. Um, do you remember where you were when, not when you got a call from UNC, but when you either somebody told you or you read? 
Coleman Scott's leaving UNC to go to Oklahoma State. Yeah, I think it was Tony. No, it was it was either right. I mean, either Tony Ramos called me or somebody else called me. Right, it was like bang bang. As soon as as soon as that news broke, people started calling me. Uh, so it wasn't very. It was fairly quick. Um, and, and I had always told people I would. There's, there's only one place I'd ever really consider other than Stanford. I just never thought it would actually open up. So I had no problem saying the only school I would consider would be a, like a yeah if UNC opened up. But obviously, you know, Coleman's pretty young. Uh, so I never thought that opportunity would present itself. Was that, was that uh, you know, we'll call it five or ten years ago when you were at Cornell, did you have that thought, hey, uh, if UNC opens up, maybe I'll do it? Yeah, but you're in a different part of your life where you have, you know, I think when Cornell went in there, I think we were getting ready to try to win a national title, and it was the last thing in my mind. And we're finished, we're working on the Friedman Center expansion, and there were just so many projects in place that the idea of leaving was would have been very difficult at that moment. Um, and then over time, you realize if, if it's well, you can't leave now. You've got uh, Kyle Dake, and you can't leave now because you got Yanni, and you can't leave now because you got Vito, and you can't leave now because you got Yanni's little brother. I mean, you're, you realize after so many, if you're doing a good job, you realize. There's always going to be somebody uh, down the line, and and the one thing I'll tell coaches and, and parents is everybody can and everybody will be replaced. People say, "Oh, you'll never, you know, you can't be your irreplaceable." BS. You know, Jack Spates was 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 like that one in my eyes. And I, you know, I took over after Jack. I thought Jack, you know, was just an amazing coach, and he was an amazing coach. And it, it was it was daunting to take over after what Jack had done. Uh, people don't appreciate it. What, what, what the man did at Cornell. I mean, people who, who say it's easier to get to the top than stay there have never done that. They don't appreciate the, the, how much more difficult it is to, to get there than to, than to stay there. Staying there, every, look, everyone wants to go to a winner. Nobody wants to do the work to be, to be the winner. You know, everyone wants, they want, they want the fruits of, the, of somebody else's labor. And, and uh, you know, so it, it, what Jack was able to do the school that had, you know, would struggle with. We got we got whipped by Wilkes our first year. We almost lost to Ithaca College for the first two years, you know, and to take that program to a top ten team. Now that's that's remarkable. And so then taking over there, I, I found a way to bring them down before bringing them back up. And, and then ultimately, I mean, that's the truth. I I, I thought I could inherit all Jack's friendships and relationships and and uh, his gift of gab. And it took me a long time to kind of get, you know. Figure figure stuff out, and then I always tell young coaches, and, and I sound like a broken record if you've heard me speak about this before. Um, you know, treat every day and make decisions as if it's the last job you ever had. I wasn't making that. I, I didn't approach life that way. I, I was looking to my right, to my left, and a lot of young coaches do that. They apply for every job that comes open. Um, people say that about me now. It's like, <laughs> look, I've been three jobs in 35, 36 years. I don't jump around. But I started making decisions differently. Like I, I, I give you an example, I, I would not work on developing alumni relations because I'm going to be someplace else. Why am I going to spend that time cultivating relationships that aren't going to benefit me? And, and the same with admissions and financial aid. And you know, I'm not going to be here. Well, ended up first three jobs I applied for, I didn't get an interview. I didn't even get an interview. So it was kind of an epiphany moment for me. It's you know where it's like, well, I might be here for a while. I need to start investing in this and making sure that. I, my situation is better every year, and over time, uh, good things started happening. And, and then when I ultimately went to Stanford, that first year I was propped up by the 
the generosity of all those friends. I'm leaving here. I'm bringing a database of at least five or six hundred of my really dear friends. I've had I had I spoke to two people from Cornell today who are dear friends of mine, and uh, and that's every single day. Um, you know, so it's not like you and so. The idea is, hey, you can bring those friendships with you. You do those and those those investments you make. It doesn't matter where you go. You know, they they will continue to pay dividends. Um, it just takes a lot of work, and, and so I'm, I'm very thankful. And I, I truly say I'm, I'm blessed to enjoy the other parts of coaching that a lot of coaches don't enjoy. I I love going into a home and, and talking to recruits because I like doing that. I mean, it's you know, if I'm if it's not you're a good salesman, I'm like. Well, maybe I just like doing these things, and, and I have—I sincerely enjoy helping these kids to reach their goals in, in different areas other than just wrestling. Um, and, and that's been really, uh, for me, kind of the cornerstone of, of how we how we grow programs. And ultimately, people are very generous back to us because you treat their kids well, and, and you, you treat them well. And uh, it's not insincere, you know. It's just I like doing. It. I like. I like. I like dealing with alumni. I like dealing with the kids. I like dealing with the parents. Most coaches, they see that call and I, they they shudder. <laughs> it's yeah. a little Johnny's kid. Hey, look, when you're recruiting, the, when you're recruiting a young student athlete, you're recruiting their parents, whether you like it or not. So you you might as well make them fans because the alternative sucks. And I've had it both ways. I've heard you say, you know, the three most important things are recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. Um, how important are I, 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 Developing relationships, but I don't necessarily mean with the students and, and, and the parents. I'm talking about the alumni, the people who are going to be donating to your program. Um, you know, because on the mat's really important, but there's so much more than takedowns and, you know, pins. Well, yeah, the, you know, recruiting, 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 but you better have the resources to attract those recruits. And all those ancillary things you mentioned uh, are, are, are imperative to successful recruiting so that goes without being said i mean i i'm going to go back and i, I you look if you if you're going into a home and, and you've got david taylor and kyle dake and, and uh yanni yakamahalas as as workout partners you're going to be a very effective recruiter you yeah. know <laughs> and so that's that's the point the part behind the recruitment is what do you have backing yourself up and if you have an alumni group that is actively helping you find these kids internships while they're in high school or when they're in college and then ultimately gain full-time employment upon graduation that's a powerful tool it's not just dollars and cents it's it's the support behind you and i can go into a home and say look it's you, know, you tell me where you want to work you tell me what company you're going to work for and i'm going to i'm going to be within one phone call or, or two phone calls at most of, of identifying someone at the very highest of that level who's going to who's going to help you out you know, and ultimately, you, these kids have to prepare themselves. They can't just come in there with a 2.0 and expect they're going to get into medical school or, or get a you know internship at, at Goldman Sachs. So it, it goes both ways. Uh, but over my years of coaching, I've developed a, a really powerful database, really powerful little black book, which is you know it's not a black book anymore. It's this little <laughs> it's a black screen. And it's a black screen, and uh, I feel it's, it's I I don't feel I know it's more powerful than any other coach. Um, you know, I always give Roger Rain a credit. I think Roger is the most un, un, unrecognized coach in the country. You know, I was when I, when I was a young coach at, at Cornell, I hated the son of gun. But he was he was masterful in, in how he he developed uh, alumni um, uh, 
relations and how he integrated the Foxcatcher Farms into uh, into his program, and and uh, I stole from him, you know. But at the time, I, I didn't respect him because yeah, I, I could beat him. I, he's not, he wasn't as good as me. And, and you know, in, in wrestling, people tend to have that attitude. It's like, well, he wasn't as very good wrestler. Not the Roger wasn't a good wrestler, but he wasn't as, as accomplished as I had been. And so you you know you kind of look. You know, he's not. He can't outcoach me. Bull He whipped us time and time again, and 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 I, I like to. Thank him because I, I took a lot of stuff from him, you know, and, and added it and made it made it my own. And, and I like to think I've done a better job. And, and so, um, you know, there's people out there that aren't Dan Gable that you, you can learn from. And if you're a young coach, you, you need to. Uh, absolutely. Uh, coaching staff, right? Tony's Tony's on staff. You're keeping him. Uh, you said you tried to. Co- I, I heard you. I watched an interview with Christian. I'm not trying to ask the same question, but you said you you, you tried to hire him a couple times. Uh, yeah. At, at Cornell, a couple times, or at Cornell and at Stanford. No, it was at Stanford, but it didn't work out for any number of reasons. Uh, and uh, it's really expensive to live out here, and it's it's just very very difficult. People say, "Oh, you can." I tell everybody, "It's like well, one of the reasons I, I'm I'm leaving is because." I can't afford to live out here. They say, well, you, you have all these programs at Stanford for housing. I'm like, no, you don't. You have to be on faculty to get those houses, and you can't buy them. And, and if you look at the houses, they're still two and a half, three million dollars. And, and, and but there's everybody's an expert online, right? So, they, but they don't understand it just it just cost prohibitive to be out here. And then to have four kids like Tony it has, now where are you going to put them? Because they, they have housing. Well, we live in a thousand square foot uh, townhouse here, and so. It's very, very small. Try to put four kids in this little townhouse. It would be ugly. You'd go mad. Uh, the rest of your staff, you said it's, you know, I think you have some official things to do. Do you, And I'll, I'll ask who they are. I don't, I don't know if you're going to probably tell me, but do you have them picked out? You don't have to say who they are. And, I, like, I, what's the timeline for getting them there? I do have them picked out. It's it. it it'll look a lot like what we have at Stanford to be brutally honest. I mean, it depends upon what happens with hiring here uh, and, and how many I can bring. Um, but the timeline is not in my, within my control. Uh, they have to go through HR for off offloading and, and then they have to do the whole process. And it just takes, it'll, it'll probably be a month to be realistic, realistically. But it'll be a great staff. It'll be a, uh, not, they didn't have good, could, could, could coach the lot significantly more uh, more support when we're done. And do you think this starts one of those coaching carousels where, you know, it really started with Zach, right? Esposito went to USA, Coleman went there, you came in, and, and could we see a bunch more shifting going on, you think, er, kind of late in the game? Well, you know, I, look, I, I, I'm pretty loyal to Enoch, and so he's, he's going to be one of those candidates, and so my, my hope is that they they hire internally, but I also know there's they have some outstanding candidates outside of that, and I understand by you know just pure resume they may go in a different direction. Um, I, I I know a lot of the things Enoch does that he hasn't gotten credit for. He's made me look really really good, and I have an excellent track record of hiring great people, and he's one of them. Yeah, uh, you know you talked a lot, uh, especially back at Cornell, about the haves versus the have-nots. Right. Um, where does where does UNC fit into that? So each place that I've gone has has had more. And each environment, I, I tell people there are certain schools that have you know, they're environmentally uh, 
they have environmental advantages. For instance, at Cornell, you have only need-based aid. There's no scholarships, but the need-based aid is really good. Admissions is very tough, um, but there's ways of, of working within that system. Then I went to Stanford, which has need-based aid, same need-based aid system as Cornell, and scholarships. And now that I'm leaving, they have 9.9. They went from, or, or ultimately got 9.9. We went, we went from 5.5 to 9.9 over the next three and a half years. That's a that's a that's almost a million. By the time it, it comes to uh, matures, it'll be a million dollars a year that they're 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 kicking out in, in scholarship. It's amazing, it's a huge advantage. The disadvantage: it's incredibly selective, much more difficult to get into than than anything I was used to. And, and Cornell, by the way, is really selective, and, and yet it's twice as hard as that. If you can imagine, if you can believe that, people don't believe me. I'm telling you, as hard as Cornell is, you know put a couple exclamation points on it because we didn't have to worry about a, a, APs at Cornell. If you were 4.0, you're going to be in. Here, I've had kids with 4.0s. They wouldn't even consider them. They won't even consider them because they don't have the APs. Um, now at Carolina, it's also a great school. It's not ranked as high as Stanford or Cornell, but it's, it's a great school. Um, and there are programs that are better than those two programs. They have great need placed aid and they have 9.9. And admissions is much more favorable for athletes. Now, at, at Stanford, they'll help, but but only a little bit. At, 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 so I think it's the best of all those worlds. And here at, at Cornell, at, at Stanford, I don't have a secretary, I don't have a director of ops, I don't have a paid volunteer assistant. Everything we had to do is, was fundraising. We raised literally twenty million dollars for endowment, and, and you know between get money in the pot, which is about fourteen and a half, fifteen million, and then pledges, we were up about twenty million. That didn't go to enhancement. That went to sustenance of just keeping the program alive, and that, that's a lot of darn work. On top of that, we raised another million two for the RTC, and then um, another seven hundred thousand of, of gift in kind. If you know what that means, it's it's basically subsidized jobs and and, and support so that we could keep the co- attract those types of coaches. Um, it's a heavy. That's a heavy load to lift before you even start enhancing your program. And of course, now you have the NIL world. You know, we we didn't even touch that here at Stanford. Um, so at, at Cornell, I mean, I'm sorry, at, at Carolina, and I always say Cornell, like interchangeably. Yeah. So uh, at, at Carolina, you know, there's there's obviously a little different emphasis because all the scholarships are are, are taken care of. The budget, for the most part, is taken care of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, R- the RTC is much less expensive. I had I, I, at Stanford, I'm paying one hundred seventy five thousand dollars a year just for housing for our RTC coaches and our coaches. Uh, you know, I don't have to worry about those types of things. So you you reduce the cost exponentially uh, at a place like North Carolina, and you have a very rich recruiting you know a hotbed of, of recruitment. You can go in the East Coast. You can always go to West because it's a it's a Unbelievable brand, and you can obviously you have to pick the litter of this of the of the southern kids, which are some really good kids coming out. So I think it's it's a unique combination of uh, of, of finances, missions, outstanding academia that allow UNC to be positioned at a, at a place that can win at a very very high high level. And and you look at what Pat's done across this, across the, the street over at NC State. Um, certainly, we're we're I think positioned even better than he is. And you said you almost feel bad that you're gonna have to knock him down. I, I did say that, and I, I take that back. I don't feel that bad about it. <laughs> Classic Rob Cole, love it. Uh, 
So you you know you guys were on the doorstep at, at Cornell knocking on you know the, the the team title and and you know you feel that you you have better opportunities at, at Stanford now you have better opportunities at, at North Carolina like how how important is a team title to you or 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 trying to chase a team title like you know how how much does it, or doesn't it consume you or or how important is it to to, to try to do that. Well, I'm up every morning about two o'clock and start working on this stuff just to just to give you a perspective. Now I'm in West Coast because so I start working on calling kids on the East Coast and I, and I don't sleep and I, I this is all I do. You know, I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> I don't, right? but I love it. I don't know, you know, that people have people like gardening. You know, people like all kinds of things. This is what I like to do, um, and I do it religiously. Um, it's just it's just I'm passionate about it. I, Want to win a national championship? Um, I'm not defined by it, but uh, my my friends, and my teammates, and uh, my good fellow Tar Heel fans have let me know that uh, they expect it, and and they're going to be also you know they they expect it from me, and I expect a lot of support in, in return, and they are going to answer that call, and it's it's going to be a lot of fun, and whether we make it or not, I mean obviously Penn State has set themselves ahead of everybody else. I think we're one of the, I don't think I know we're one of the few schools that, that can challenge them for the top recruits because you're not getting the top recruits. Then people say, oh my God, they do a great job of, of developing. Hey, they do a good job. I'll give them that. They do a very good job. But if you start with world champions, it's a lot easier to get world champions. And and, and that's the, the, those are the types of uh, kids we're, we're looking to attract. Uh, NIL, transfer portal. How much have they changed the game in the last, I don't know, let's say two, three years? And, and how much can you take advantage of that? Use that to your benefit. Well, you'll, you'll, they, they, there shouldn't be the extremes anymore. You know, there shouldn't, there, there's always, there, those kids could find a place. You should never have, you should always be at least mediocre. I mean, you know, you had the teams that were just so bad. You can always pick up somebody off, off the portal these days to fill weight. So, so that helps some, some of the teams. As much as it hurts, you know, these, these, Organ donors of sorts, where you know, I feel bad for the Max and these Max schools. They they get an All American, and then these these jackals swoop in and, and you know take them away. Um, and and the the poaching is disgusting. These people are, are have no ethics whatsoever. Having people go out and you know offer people money under the table and say, hey, if you if you get on the portal, you're going to get X amount of of money is that drives me crazy but it has changed the game and, and i'm going to play the game you know i'm going to play it really well and we're going to be involved in that um you know there's not pretending we won't um i'm not it's not my goal to go and, and recruit six kids or one year of eligibility I, I but it's not just that it's it's getting freshmen who who then are you know they sign that these kids are going to, you know, everybody knows what their expectation is. And this is where there's verbiage you can use to talk to these kids, which is silly, but you have to play the game. And, uh, and it's almost like you might as well just put the damn number up on, on a screen and let everybody know ahead of time and say, well, this is what it's going to cost you. Or do you want it? Do you want to? Don't waste my so here. You know, if you're not going to offer that, don't call me. It would make our job a lot easier. Um, so it's and then there's a lot of kids who look. This is this is UNC. This is a, this is a brand that people want to be a part of. Uh, I think some of these kids are short-sighted if they're just going for money, um, and they don't they don't give a darn about the education because it's not 
life-changing dollars. We're not talking about you're getting a million million dollars in the bank. It's it's, it's uh, you know uh, after taxes, you know, hundred thousand dollars doesn't go very far, you know. And so if, if that's the number, and and I would put my our, our Carolina education and the connections that we're going to put you up against, what put you in, into uh, up against almost any any school in the country. Your little black book, your little black screen. That's my little black black screen. So you've been coaching for thirty something years. Everybody makes mistakes. You know, what? What? I don't know. What's either the, the biggest? What is one of the bigger, bigger or biggest mistake you've made a coach as a coach, or or the mistake you learned the most from? That's easy. That's going after kids who you know in your heart are not good cultural fits. You know, I know who they are. When I was younger. I'm like, I'm, you know, he's a great wrestler. I can change this guy. You'd be amazed. I get some of these kids are good students. You'd think most of them aren't good students, but there are a few that fit through the cracks, sneak through the cracks. And I, I know, I knew they were problem children. And, uh, and I, as I said, I get to be a broken record. I always tell young coaches, I go, guys, just imagine every single kid in that wrestling room is your son. And are you going to recruit that kid and have him become one of your son's friends? And if the answer is yes, then that's the litmus test. Then let him in, bring him in. If it's no and you still recruit him, shame on you. And you see it, you see it at different schools that are desperate. You can see some of these schools that are desperate. I'm not going to name names. You, you know the names, you know who they are. And, and they're taking kids who are just not people who are going to add to a positive culture of your program. And, uh, and, and then all of a sudden they can't imagine, well, how did that happen? Why did you know, I don't understand that. Uh, well, you knew the kid was smoking weed all, for, all through since fifth grade. You knew the kid was in trouble with, with the law. You knew, and, and yet you took him. Um, and and uh, so shame on you. And you don't have to name names, but uh, have you not only recruited kids, but have you uh, landed recruits that turned out Nah, to be what you just described. Well, you remember when I was recruiting you and I backed off after the visit. That was my coach. That was uh... my brother. <laughs> you did recruit my brother, but he was a nice young man. I'm sorry. What was, what was the question? I apologize. Uh, that's a, no, that's okay. Uh, you know, did you not only recruit some of these kids that weren't the right fit, but maybe land those recruits and, and sign them, and then and that's how oh, you realize, oh, yeah. like, oh, oh yeah. shit. Oh, God. Yeah, that's how I, yeah, no, no, I live and learn. I, 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 I could name five or six, sure. and it was and inevitably, they don't go down by themselves. And it was, that's the problem. It's like one thing if they're not leaders, but if they're leaders or if they're strong personalities, and they're, you know, look, you go out, these kids are going out for, looking for trouble. They don't like to do it by themselves. They want to have some. They want to have you know, yeah. little brother than arms, and and that's where you get you get a trouble. I remember when I was in college, there were some kids who were, you know, not the not the greatest character, and of course they've they've grown out of it. But I we had some problems, and I remember I remember, I still remember being in a car with a couple of them, and they were they were going to go, you know, go to the dorms and see these people, and I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm just not going to do that. I'm going home, and I literally got out of the stoplight. They went up, went to that dorm, and uh, ended up in jail. You know, I just it 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 was just a and it was a stupid thing, and it was like, why are you doing that? You know, and and there was you know, but I was I put myself in that situation. Thank God, I took myself out. Now, if if we had not had those people on our team, I would never have been at risk of being in that situation. And and that's really the problem because there was another person who was who was just a good kid 
who he just kind of went along. He was going to get a ride back, and they walked in, and guilt by association. So, um, yeah, I've seen it happen many, many times, and that's what I tell everybody. I said, I'm, I'm, I tell everyone that when I, one of the first things I say when I go into a home is I gave my children the greatest gift any father could give their, bestow upon their children, and that is I picked their friends. And I mean that by I recruited the kids who were going to be on the team that the, my, my sons were going to be on. And, and so I knew at Cornell I was bringing in great kids of, you know, who came from great families. And, uh, you know, they, that is true. You know, I look at my friends, my, 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 my son's friends, and they're awesome. And uh, you know, good things happen when you surround yourself with good people. I mean, that's, uh, that's biblical. I mean, it's, it, it goes back a long time. Sure. Uh, okay, I heard the the little black book pitch of why you know Chapel Hill or why UNC is a good spot and, and a good program. But just tell me about Chapel Hill, and give me the Chapel Hill pitch. Why? What's what's so great about Chapel Hill? I mean, if you've you, you've been there, Bader. I mean, it's I like just once a, a long cool time ago, but I was just overnight. Maybe it's a an awesome little time. town, man. I've never it's a vibrant town. little town. Well, I will say, I, I went there last week. Well, first of all, it's 60% women, for God's sakes. And and and, and 95% of them are, are, are attractive now, you know. And, and it's just a really neat little campus for young 18 to 22-year-old year men, you know. I mean, good Lord, why do you not? Would you not want to go there? And, and it was so it was funny. We went and uh, and they had this sorority they had the sorority weekend when I was there last weekend. And I'm looking like, it's like 95% girls. I'm like, why do we not have a recruiting weekend this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's a great town. And, and it's, and the people who are there are, are very, one, I love, I like intelligent people. So they're, it's, it's, a, it's, a, they're, it's a very educationally, you know, elite university. Cause you've got the, the, the triangle there, Duke, um, if it, wait, uh, well, NC state's a great trade school. Um, and then UNC, of course. And so you've got, you know, three three universities contributing to that town, the prosperity of that town. Uh, it's uh, you've got any number of different outstanding sporting events going on at any moment. You've got a great football team, great basketball team, great men's and women's soccer team, great great uh, uh, baseball team, lacrosse. I mean, they're all amazing. There's it's it's and and, and so if you're a sports fan, it's just one of the greatest towns in the country to be a part of. Um, and the weather is fantastic. I mean, I mean, you, you say, well, you know, who cares about the weather? I, this guy does, you know, I like, I like not having to come out of practice in a parka, you know, I mean, yeah. worry about having to shovel the snow or, or I should say my wife has to worry about shoveling the snow. She loved it. She loved doing that. Um, and it just, there's a nothing not to like about the university. Except the wrestling coach. Okay, a uh, couple more things. That was a joke, of course. But I, 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 a couple little segments I like I like to do at the end of the show. Um, and this one's going to take you back to competitive days, right? From I don't know, the first match you wrestled through the last. What's called wins and whoopings. Just I want to know one win that stands out for any reason. Could be a good win or just somebody who used to beat you and or come back or whatever. Your best win, I don't care. And then one whooping, one straight ass I got you took. You, you know, you need to give the host, the, uh, the the people you bring on, the questions ahead of time, and uh-huh. so they could be a little more prepared for this kind of stuff. Well, but take my, a second. Remember, At your age, you might need I to think. Uh, I'm not. I'm not need. I don't need it. I, it the the, the win, it, it, unremarkable. Mark Richmond. 
People don't know who that Mark Richmond is. And we wrestled for Wisconsin. He beat my butt so bad. He was the second worst beating I got. I remember we went to Wisconsin. It was cold. And he just throttled me. And then he beat me again in the dual meet, much closer. I thought I got ripped off. Just got to tell you that, Mark, if you're out there. <laughs> and then, and then, we, and then the next time we were, we tied at the Virginia duels, and I, I'm like, God dang it. And then, and I was seated probably that year at nationals. He he got he had some good wins, but he he, he ended up not getting seated. And that was about the only seated twelve guys. And he was would have definitely been thirteen. First round draw, freaking Mark Richmond, and I was seated like third or fourth whatever like what the heck i don't want to reach the wrestle this this monster and i end up beating him in overtime and uh he didn't place that year nobody knows like he never placed and he was really really tough um the worst whipping i ever had was bill tate from iowa state i remember how you forget bill tate from iowa state and he ended up not doing you know getting in getting doing poorly i think and not not uh finishing up at school or getting coming back later and he was so darn tough and uh, he beat me. He beat me soundly, to, to say the least, as my friend, my freshman year. I remember the guys. They they uh, they uh, they I, I, they came off the I came off the mat and they they went. And it was like I go. What was that? He's what's that for? He goes. That's when they were prying you off the mat. I had never been ridden like that. It was just. Oh, it's humiliating, and it was at home, and uh, yeah, Bill Tate from Iowa State and Mark Richmond. Those were my two, uh, two most my high, my high, which was at nationals beating Mark, finally beating Mark, and uh, that was Bill. And, and uh, ironically, years, years, years later, I uh, I ran into, into Mark at a at a, at a, uh, at a national championship, and I and he was with all of his his uh, uh, Wisconsin buddies, and and I remember telling that story to his buddies, and. Uh, it was, it, we're friends to this day, you know, he's, yeah, he's living in Arizona now. And then Bill Tate actually reached, I remember I, I had actually told someone that Bill Tate had beat my butt so bad. And he actually reached out to me and told me he appreciated, appreciated that because he hadn't reached, he never reached his goals in, in, in college. So uh, it was with people who, it, it, it meant a lot to him that I let people know that he, he uh, kicked the living daylight out of me. Well, you let him know again, so that's great. Uh, last thing is, we call it joke time. Pretty self-explanatory. Um, I, you know, I want to see how, what kind of jokes you got, or at least one. Uh, I, I don't have any jokes. I have a horrible situation though, because I, like, you know, this COVID stuff's coming back out here, especially in California, and uh, I, fa- I think I had a variant of this thing because every weekend I would get terribly sick. I mean, really, really sick, and then on the weekdays I'd be fine. So I've gone through a a battery of, of testing hospital went to the hospital and then we've got a great medical service up here and it turns out that um, I've got I've got a evidently I've got a weakened immune system weekend immune system uh, <laughs> weekend uh, Man, no, I wasn't listening uh, well enough okay you know Peter if I have to explain the joke <laughs> it's not very good but it was a great joke. It was it was a showstopper. Rachel, my wife, is still laughing in the corner. She, it, I thought the delivery was spot on. She's your number one fan. This this ear this earpiece is a little. It's a little a, a weak end. Oh yeah. Weak end immune system. Saturday Sunday. It's uproarious. Once once it hits you, you're gonna start laughing. You're not oh, gonna man. stop. Wow. 
we better, we better we better cut this one then here here soon because I don't want to I don't want to bust out laughing in front of everybody and and lose control. <laughs> um, but I do want to give you the final word, Rob, to say any anything you might want to say at all about anything. Hey, come on down to, to Chapel Hill, guys. I mean, I'm I'm open for business. Give me a call. I'm uh, if, if you're uh, you want a great place to wrestle and and uh, have great education. Do not do not hesitate. Um, RK. Uh, well, right now I'm at RK45 at Cornell.eu. Edu, Bader. You know, going back to my Cornell roots, I will have a, a UNC number here in the in the, in the near future. Uh, but I'm sure you can uh, send me a letter. You know, write it. Get a parchment. Get some parchment. Write a letter. Get a, get a pen. Yeah, can you imagine that? Uh, nobody does that. Anymore. When's the last yeah. time you got somebody wrote you? A, 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 not not a somebody, uh, a student athlete, either in college or high school. Somebody wrote you a letter. Oh, I see. I still get them periodically. You know what? People will send them to the uh, university, not knowing who you know, my address or phone number, and they'll send it out. They'll send picture, pretty pictures. But yeah, we don't we don't do too much of that. I used to always hand write a handwritten letters and thank you notes. I think there's still a place for that. It's but it's uh, yeah, the younger generation doesn't necessarily agree with me. Yeah. Well, the younger generation is upon us, Rob. And you can find them at Carolina Cole. Uh, not Cornell Cole, not Stanford Cole, at Corina, uh, Coraline, Carolina Cole on social media. Oh, my. Well, yeah. thank you for having me, Bear. I'll let you guys go. Yeah, thanks so much, Rob. We'll see you soon. Appreciate it. Good luck. Take care. Bye-bye. Uh, yeah, bye-bye. All right, folks, so that's going to do it. Rob Cole out at North Carolina where he went to school and won a national title in 1988. The new head coach, we wish him well, and we'll see you guys next time. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.